0: Good afternoon and welcome to Animal Nation. I'm your host, Felicity Anderson. Today I'll be speaking with Lisa Kearns, founder of Project Meow Geelong, a much needed initiative that provides free cat de sexing for low income earners. Hope you can stay with me. You're listening to OCRFM 98.3 Colac and 88.7 Coast, and this is Animal Nation. Well, for the past few nights on the evening news, we've heard sheep graziers' warnings declared. What this actually means is vulnerable newborn lambs will freeze to death due to the sheep industry practice of winter lambing. Older sheep will also die after being shorn just as winter hits. It's a disgrace and a national shame. More about that later in For Compassion's Sake. Well, it's a special day today, May 28th. I want to say a big happy birthday to my friend Kat. She's one of Blackwood Field's fabulous volunteers who is always being out at the sanctuary and looking after all the animals in our care so happy birthday darling i love you (laughs) well to today's guest i was absolutely thrilled when i heard about project meow and the incredible work being done to end the devastating problem of cat overpopulation our dear feline friends suffer so much due to a lack of suitable loving homes and the uncontrolled breeding that occurs each year lisa kearns is a woman on a mission to stop it here's our conversation You're listening to Animal Nation and joining me now is Lisa Kearns, founder of Project Meow Geelong, an organisation offering free de-sexing for cats for low-income earners. Welcome to Animal Nation, Lisa. Hi, Felicity. Thank you for
1: having
0: me. My pleasure. So what a much-needed and fantastic initiative. But before we talk about Project Meow in more detail, can you tell me what led you to working with cats in this way? Um,
1: Look, animal lover, brought up with you know, dogs mainly, I have always looked at shelters as an area that potentially I would like to move into and work in and help improve the quality of life of an animal. I did a little bit of background fundraising for our local shelter in Geelong because I didn't feel I was emotionally equipped to be on the ground out there. Um, things changed, I did a couple of volunteer days In cat adoptions and ended up in Lost cats and I was there For about three years Oh really? Yeah and it was just Blowing my mind How frequently Animals were coming Through the door How full the shelter became Over season, you know Breeding season, not just kittens Coming in over kitten season But lots of adults because Of their breeding
0: so people were just just getting rid of pregnant yes, cats, like they're finding yes, out their cats are pregnant and yes, okay, palm so the problem came, off.
1: It became pretty obvious to me that poor cats were looked at as perhaps an easy-to-acquire pet and easy-to-dispose-of um, pet. So I thought, you know, I would watch that every year and just go, wow, why are we not doing something about this? We have d July, which runs every year, That wasn't being used by a lot of people. Apparently it is available all year but it's only promoted for July.
0: And is that a a program through the local Geelong shelter?
1: Yeah, so that's through the council um, and they have quite a few vets on board and each vet clinic can do a particular amount of desexing for that month of July. The cost of that it's still expensive for low-income earners. You'd be looking at, say, just under $100 for a boy and still potentially 130 for a girl. So I just got thinking and thinking and thinking. And then I just thought, oh, there's got to be something that I can do that has more value to the work I do out there. So I decided to go back to school. So I signed up to do Cert train and Companion Animal Studies by the Gordon Caves. Mm-hmm. and as I was cruising along through this course I'm thinking oh, I don't know if this is what I'm meant to be doing This, I'm not getting any sort of feeling like I'm going to get to the end of this and have some amazing idea that's going to fix this problem in regard to the shelter it gets that busy out there it's very hard to do anything but manage the problem and service the problem so the facility out there is really not big enough to address the increase in this mm. breeding season year after year. So it was towards the end of my um, course, I was flying in bed awake thinking, it's going to be something I can do. How do, you, how do you make people desex their cats? And I thought, well, you, just, you do it for them. So through my business, I decided I would contribute to desexing a male and a female cat each week and I did that and then I thought hmm I'm not very Facebook savvy but I found on Facebook you could start a fundraiser so I started a fundraiser and we raised an incredible amount of money and we had our first big de-sex day and we did about 17 cats I think it was wow. in one day and then I, it just snowballed from there and I thought well this is it. I personally can't afford to do that many cats every week So each week I chip away and do one or two. And then I continue to raise money via fundraising. I've put a little drink feed bridge in at my work. Um, I get money from that, I've got a donation boxes, things like that. So fortunately for me, I work with a great vet who's given me some good rates too. So it enables me to be able to help these people get their cats done. But the interesting thing is, you know, when you're in the shelter, you're exposed to the problem. On one level When you're out in the field You're exposed to it in a completely different level So when you're in the shelter You're looking at these animals going Oh I'm so sad that you're here But when you're out in the field You're looking at all these poor cats They're basically tearing around the community And thinking you should be there You need help yeah. You know um, So it is incredibly sad And I get really emotional about it but I think this problem, what I'm doing is a small part. The problem is way, way bigger than me. And I would love to see this project embraced by council or, you know, bigger organisations mm. that can start it in many areas.
0: But what I love about it is that, because it, I, like my little personal motto, I guess, is like my planet, my responsibility. And if I see a problem that I think, well, I can actually do something about that problem rather than yeah. waiting for someone else to do it or expecting a larger organisation or the government, exactly. you just exemplify that. Yeah. You've seen a problem, something you're passionate about, and you're actually working towards a solution. And yeah. that encourages other people to adopt the same scheme. You know, well, exactly, and
1: I'm hoping that it, it does show people that one person can make a difference two can make a difference a group of people can make a hell of a difference and i'm not the only one out there doing these things these things are happening we've got some amazing rescue groups out there that are battling this kind of problem as well um there's you know
0: (laughs) it's it's huge Mm. it really is huge and so in your first month, because it was last October 2018, wasn't it, yeah, that you started, yeah. you desexed uh, 31 cats in the yep. first month, which yep. is just amazing, yep. a cat a day. It's a
1: cat a day.
0: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to put it into perspective, how many offspring can one female cat have over a, li- have over a lifetime if they're not oh, desexed? Well,
1: yeah. Well, look, if you look at one female cat that's left entire, she can have 12 kittens in a year. Now, if that little family is left to their devices potentially over a three-year period, that could be a thousand cats. Mm. Now, I often say to people, just imagine if you had to be responsible for every kitten your cat was responsible for. Like, you just would go out and do a sexy cat,
0: right? Yes, because it would it be into the thousands in a very short yeah, time, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, and the burden... Oh, yeah, exactly. So the burden on your wallet the burden on your environment, the running of your household. And everyone out there who has a multi-pet household knows that it is incredibly hard work. You know, it's not just about feeding and loving an animal. It's about making sure that they get the vet care, you know, the costs of the flea treatments, the vaccinations. So I find out in the field there too, as far as educating people on their sexing, cat health needs to be addressed as well out of the amount of cats that we've de-sexed, very few of them have actually been vaccinated.
0: Right. So it's a, it's a general lack of care in all regard where, and whether that's through just willful lack of care or ignorance?
1: Yeah. It, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of... You know, I've met some people that clearly, absolutely love their cats and they've wanted them de-sexed. And then the offer for vaccination at a really good rate and microchipping is declined. What do you do? And why
0: do you think that happens?
1: I <laughs> think it comes down to money. Then, they'll, you know, you'll get excuses like, but my cat's indoor. Like, well, your cat is not actually safe indoor because people can walk in viruses into your home. If you have visitors, you have pets, you know, things can <laughs> transfer. So... I think it just comes down to money and, yeah, ignorance.
0: Yeah. So apart from them not being able to breed, what other benefits are there for cats to be desexed? Oh, the
1: health benefits are huge. Um, you know, you reduce things like memory cancer, testicular cancer in guys, um, fighting, transferring and contracting FIV, which is really huge out there.
0: And that's the um, feline um, A- yeah, HIV. Yes, that's
1: it. Yeah, that's it you reduce the risks of that, the wounds from fighting abscesses can actually kill a cat as well, um, them wandering around at night, getting hit by cars, getting displaced. The, the health benefits are huge. Uh, Behaviour is noted as being changed as well from desexing. I've had a lot of people say, oh my goodness, my cat's always home now, he's not spraying. you know." So all those things are well they're more affectionate and I have not had one person say okay so this was a bad idea (laughs) you
0: know what I mean yeah I think generally I mean I have my animal sanctuary and the difference of the animals who've been obviously for me is mostly the males because they're large animals but the um, difference of just being calmer and not being interested in fighting yeah. and the, all those hormones that obviously are needed in, in a yep. natural environment but, you know, in, in that domesticated environment, they're not needed and, and they just cause them a whole lot of stress and anxiety that yeah, I think we all could exactly. live without quite comfortably. <laughs> my,
1: my, my words, my words. And um, when you look back at cats, you know, humans, we domesticated them. So we have to be responsible That's right. for, for them. I think we need to stop humanising breeding as well. Like yeah, a lot of people say, oh, "I let her have one litter; she needs to do that." When well,
0: she does I, not, I do hear that. I, like I would have thought we would have got past that—that that people would have been mm. more aware. No, and, no. But you do hear that. Oh no, it's not fair to not let them have one litter, and it's you know they have that experience. And yeah, yeah, I'm shocked that that is still a belief out there.
1: Yep, I still hear that a lot. Um, so. We need, to, we need to start teaching our children, too, that our pets don't need to breed. And this is not just cats. I mean, we need a Project Wolf out there one day, do I think. <laughs> but um, that's a whole another program. But we need to teach our kids that kittens, yes, they're cute, but they're not um, not necessary for your cat to have kittens. I have seen parents get kids out of cars hand them the box of kittens then the kittens be presented like they're a gift. And it's like, that's really cool that you're giving us the kittens and they're not being given away free to a good home where they just contribute to the problem. Um, So you want people giving your kittens to you, but you really need to try and reach children so it doesn't happen in their adult life.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think it's that attitude that other animals are just commodities and yep. products to yep. just amuse us when we feel like it and then when we've had enough, that's something that's, beca- there's something that becomes someone else's problem.
1: Exactly and that pet ownership can go on for a long time. I've had two cats that have reached to the age of 20 and you know, I'll, people will say I'd love to get a cat one day. I'm like, oh cool. You know, I had a cat that re- you know lived to almost 21 and they look at me like, really? And I'm like, How long do you think your cat's going to look for? If you get a cat... Hopefully if you look after them well, they will. Not for the next two years. It's at least for 10 to 16. Yeah. You know, I think cats get a bit of a bum deal in life um, when they're looked at like that. But look, in my next breath, I have met some amazing cat owners as well. The other thing with... I've noticed with this desexing program, another reason some of these cats can not is because the person is elderly they don't drive they haven't got family they simply cannot afford or get their cat to these appointments so part of my project is I book the men I collect the cat and I drop the cat off to the clinic to ensure that the procedure happens and then I will drop the cat home so there's very little for the client to do um, some clients on a busy day I will ask if they're able to pick the cat up from the clinic, but 90% of the time I will um, drop the cat off to make sure the cat is there for the procedure to take
0: place. Well, I think that's so important because realistically, if you have to take an animal into surgery and you don't drive or you don't have your own transport and you're not near public transport and even, you know, taking someone in to have surgery and then bringing them home after they've had surgery on on a bus, you know, that's just not appropriate at all. So that part of the service is so important.
1: Yeah, very stressful for a cat too. So a lot of cat owners don't have the carrier to even pop the cat in, but I have... Fortunately, I've got a shed full of those. So we just load up the car and we just run around and pick up the little poppets and drop them to the clinic and then pop them back
0: in and home they go. And I guess a lot of people, cats come into their lives unexpectedly. Like cats just show up at the door and they might start feeding them and then, you know, two years later they're their cat. (laughs) (laughs) They have formed that relationship. And I guess, yeah, as you say, for older people or people who are... (laughs) You know, in, in isolated areas, remote areas, it's kind yeah. of difficult.
1: And if transport is that main reason of, you know, not being able to, um, you know, get it done, well, the solution is really simple, isn't it? Yeah. You'll pick them up.
0: That's right. And so who's eligible, Lisa?
1: Okay, so I do target low-income earners. So it's it's one of those tricky situations. If I've got, looking at my list of cats, I've got... Tonight, night I'm actually picking one up and dropping her to the clinic because she's been a little bit of a bit elusive <laughs> in the last couple of attempts to desex her she's had multiple litters so to me she's high risk we don't want her falling pregnant again so she's going in tomorrow so she'll be at the clinic tonight last week she was booked in but she happened to managed to open one of the kids' lunch boxes and eat the lunch because she didn't like the idea of the bus. Who does? Uh, Yeah, exactly, exactly. So midnight day is tomorrow. So she has been on my radar for a little while. She's had multiple litters of kittens. The family have been amazing with working with me by giving me the kittens for rehoming, um, which has been amazing. So, any kitten that comes into our care goes into the care of a shelter or an organisation where they come out the other end desexed and they won't be adding to the problem. So, um, depends on the age, uh, the lifestyle of the cat, as to how I prioritise my list each week. But, anyone who is on a pension, healthcare card, are just struggling you know, out of work temporarily, can't afford to do something that they want to do for the cat, they can contact me via the Project Meow Geelong Facebook page. Um, we have two pages. One is Project Meow Geelong, which is focused on the desexing. And Project Meow Geelong Adopt is the page where the kittens that we have in care are up for adoption. All those cats are also listed on um, Pet Rescue. But you can, they're showcased on that particular Facebook page. So we have two one focusing on the de sexing and one the adopt.
0: And I understand you have a website in the works?
1: Yes, I've got a website um, coming which will just be basically lots of cat information and, you know, just, well, common sense stuff really. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so do you offer the service outside of the Geelong area? So Animal Nation, it, we broadcast throughout southwest Victoria. So if people were living in Colac or...? I have
1: done a little bit of work in Colac. Um, the problem is trying to put out spot fires all over town, you don't really achieve much. So I am trying to work on having someone take care of Colac because there's definitely a need for it down there, as there is in every little coastal town between here and Warnable. I've had calls from Mm -hmm. Warnable, all over the place. So this is where I'm hoping to be able to catch my breath over winter and get out there and set up some, some good programs with people that can go in with the same attitude as myself and set up some Project Nails all down the coast.
0: So if anybody was interested in doing that, they could contact you to discuss how to go about it and maybe...
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, My goal is to um, get some key people on board, set up a meeting so we can discuss how this can run and work effectively. Obviously, we need to get some vets local to those areas on board that are happy to support us and give us some good desexing rates, people to help raise money for those areas as well. Fundraising just goes on and on and on, and that's yes, what we rely so heavily on to be able to do the work that we do.
0: And that's really that—that's that, a job in itself. You need oh, really you need dedicated a dedicated team for fundraising, and then yeah. you do all the other, yeah, the day to day work. I, it's I
1: I get a little bit um, concerned sometimes because look, what I've learnt is why people. Like, someone said to me, "Well, why are these people not going to you know let's just say." a shelter to get it done cheaply or you're not going to a vet or whatever. I've found that people don't want to deal with an authority. They're very they're very comfortable dealing with um, a person. Um, it's a lot gentler. They're not being judged. I don't go in and go, oh, my God, look at all the cats you've got. This is ridiculous. You should have desexed yeah. this cat you know, years ago. You can't go in like that. You have to go in softly and you have to care because these people have reached out to you
0: yeah, that but level of respect needs to they be there.
1: Obviously, care for the yeah. animal, and you know, I don't think we've actually had a program like this where people can call and get some, you know,
0: compassion for themselves as well as the animal. Yeah, and I think that's a, it's it's very rare that people are intentionally wanting to cause harm to to that's their right. the animals in their care. I mean, it's usually right. just. Got themselves in situations that the problem just yep. becomes too big for them to handle, and it's um, easier to just. I come
1: across even some what people would class as animal hoarding situations where people have got a huge amount of cats, and we've chipped away at desexing them. You know, hoarding is another thing. You know, I was almost a hoarder myself at one stage, but you have to um, you have to allow people to help you, and it's important for me that people trust in me and that nothing's done to ever, you know, upset that trust.
0: Yeah. Well, I think uh, what you're doing is just, as I said at at the beginning of the chat, it's so important and it's just... It's, it's vital. We, it's something we, we need. Like, the problem's there. It's not going to go away unless we've got right. people like you who are prepared to put the work into, into helping both the cats and the people who care for them. So good yeah, on you, Lisa. Yeah, in, and in saying that, it's the, it's
1: the people behind me, Felicity, um, my vet clinic, the rescue groups, the local rescue groups I work with, the amazing girls that back me and support me out at the shelter. You know everything that I do, I could not do without these people.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic.
1: Without them, <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so they—they are—they are my key to the success of this. Being able to have the people that I that I can lean on and get the advice and support. I'm not a vet nurse. I, you know, I've just got a heart and I care about the cats out there in our community.
0: Well. Well done, and the cats are lucky to have you and your team. So unfortunately we'll have to leave it there. But um, Thank thank you. you. Thank you, Lisa, so much for taking the time to talk to Animal Nation. Thanks
1: for having me.
0: I hope listeners out there get in touch. I'll pop all your details, all the Facebook pages, up on the Animal Nation page and people can get in touch. And when you've got your website up, I'll make sure I promote that. So do. Lovely. All right. Well, thank you.
1: Have a great day. Thank you so much.
0: That was Lisa Kearns from Project Meow Geelong talking about the great work she and her team are doing to help low-income earners care for their cats, particularly with de-sexing. Check out the Animal Nation Facebook page for links to both the de-sexing service and cat adoption. As Lisa said, humans have domesticated cats and that makes us responsible for them. Coming up next for Compassion's Sake.
1: I'll stand by you I'll stand
0: Sheep Graziers Warning. We've heard it declared nightly on the news during this recent cold snap. But what does it mean? What do you imagine when you hear the words Sheep Graziers Warning? Firstly, I'll tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean sheep exploiters are herding their flocks into warm, dry barns like the Good Shepherds of Storybooks, protecting them from the elements like loved family members. It doesn't mean that. What it actually means is countless tiny babies will freeze to death that night. We have in this lucky country of ours the practice of winter lambing. This is done to ensure the highest profit margin when selling fat lambs for slaughter in the springtime. If lambs are born from now through winter, it means there is highly nutritious, calorie-dense grass on the ground come spring when the lambs are ready to be weaned from their mothers. They'll need less supplementary feeding and therefore money is saved and a bigger buck will be made. Winter lambing equates to a loss between 10 and 15 million newborn lambs every year. One would think that figure would be a huge blow to the economic viability of the sheep exploitation industries, but it's not. Most ewes will have twins, if not triplets, so even the deaths of their babies, numbering in the tens of millions, each mother will replace herself at least. The dead are simply the collateral damage of a callous numbers game. Desperate mothers, forced to choose the stronger of their offspring, if any, are to survive. Leave tiny orphans to face the icy winds, the driving rains, hail, even snow on their own. Their fragile bodies lacking the warmth of their mother's milk, the protection of her body and the moral support of her care. Cannot withstand the elements. They curl up against tufts of grass, fence posts or cold hard water troughs and die. Take a drive through sheep country on any winter's morning and you will see swathes of frozen babies dotting the landscape. But it's not just the lambs at risk when sheep graziers warnings are declared. It's not uncommon for sheep exploiters to shear at the end of autumn even throughout winter. Many reasons are given for this abuse, availability of shearers, reduction in the likelihood of cast and downed mothers during birthing and perhaps the cruelest reason, to force mothers to seek shelter once their lambs are born. I'd like to know what shelter she is supposed to find as most properties enslaving sheep are barren wastelands devoid of trees. She's been forced to give birth during the harshest time of the year and her reward is to be at the risk of freezing to death. Alongside the sheep graziers' warnings, I'd like to see a nightly tally of the numbers of dead sheep across the country. Each exploiter should have to count and account for each lost life under their care. Maybe if these ghastly numbers were made public knowledge, maybe if consumers understood the level of suffering endured by sheep and their lambs, they would think twice about the chops on their plate and the Ugg boots on their feet. We are constantly told that Australia has some of the highest animal welfare standards, that Aussie farmers love their animals, that they're the salt of the earth, good blokes and shearers feeding the nation, that animals have only one bad day at the very end of their lives. What rubbish. What absolute deceptive and manipulative rubbish. We are not only exploiting other animals against their will, we are torturing them, and we torture them in myriad ways. Sheep graziers' warning is code for torture. Please think about that next time you hear those words. Think, and for compassion's sake, act. Start living vegan. Sheep are the gentlest of beings, and they deserve nothing less than our respect and kindness. And, of course, a warm, safe place to call home.
1: I'll stand by you. I'll stand by you.
0: that's it for animal nation today thank you so much to lisa Kearns from project meow geelong for speaking with me don't forget to check the animal nation facebook page to find out how you could help or maybe even get involved until next week be kind and remember they are not ours they are other nations